And welcome, my friends, to the Rise to the Top, the number one show for badass mediapreneurs, sponsored by our good friends at Citrix Online. That was the worst start of all time. Citrix Online, for those that can't speak like myself. Uh, today, we're going to cover one big-ass topic on the show. I'm going to tell you about that in a second, but I'm David Seitman Garland, and welcome, Rise Nation, my friends. Welcome back. Welcome, welcome back to the Rise to the Top. So, all right, let's talk about what we're going to talk about today. The topic today on the rise to the top, and this is the guest's words, not mine, all right? The guest's words, not mine, is called making time your bitch. That's right. We're going to make time your bitch today, all right? We're going to talk about this. Now, Rachel Cook knows a few things about making time your bitch because she's going to be the one coming in today. And, you know, if you haven't missed, or I'm sorry, if you, I can't even talk today. I don't know what's going on. But <laughs> let me tell you this. Rachel, last time when she was on the show, that was a not-to-be-missed episode. Last time she was on, she's known as a yogipreneur. She runs a six-figure-plus business out of her home. She's a mediapreneur. And, you know, she does it with little kids. She does it while being pregnant. She does it while doing this, yada, yada, yada. And she's very, very efficient with how she gets things done. Now, in the mediapreneur community, you know, uh, whether you're doing a web show or a podcast or something like that, it is hard to be doing media and also, of course, running the business. You know, whether your business is info products or, you know, software, whatever it is that you sell on the back end, consulting, coaching, whatever. Okay. Doing all this, creating shows, you know, it can be a little bit of a like time mind F. You know what I'm saying? And so today, Rachel's here and she's going to talk about five things on today's episode of the Rise Stop. She's going to talk about how to trick your brain into getting into the zone and instantly boost your productivity how to cut your workload by 80% and still get the results you want. Uh, number three, why you need to throw away your to-do list. That's an interesting one. Number four, the ultimate tool to organize your schedule and, fear, and free up 15 to 20 hours a week. And five, her number one secret weapon for getting shiznit done. That's all coming up right now on the show. And before we get started, I got to give a few quick lightning quick plugs uh, for some things that you're going to be interested in. So first and foremost, a shout out to our sponsor, Go to My PC by Citrix Online. And, you know, most of us were running our business virtually one way or another, you know, from home, coffee shops, wherever, you know, hotels. I know I'm going up to uh, Connecticut for .com Expo this weekend. And you know what? I'm not going to like lug my PC with me or anything like that. I don't have a PC, but, you know, my, my Mac at home with me up there. So how do I get work done and how, how do you get work done, you know, if you want to access your computer and your files from home, whether you're on your iPad or your phone or whatever you got, well, go to my PC, best option. And I got to tell you, since I started using go to my PC, I've never had that like sinking feeling where you're somewhere and you're like, oh, I wish I had that one file. You know what I mean? Like, oh, I wish I had my speech that I have to give this weekend and I forgot it at home. Well, not with go to my PC because you can save everything, you can access it from anywhere. Now, here's what I want you guys to check out. Head over to go to mypc.com and click the try it free button. You're gonna see a little thing under there. It says 30 day go to my PC trial. But then when you click try it free, there's gonna be a little spot where you can put a promo code in. If you put promo code rise, instead of getting 30 days, you're gonna get 45 days. So another couple weeks to test drive it, see how you like go to my PC. So check that out at go to my pc.com. And the talk to the top is just around the corner, my friends. This is the event to help you grow your audience and make the bling bling. Uh, it's the online event. You know, you can watch from your underwear. This week's featured speaker is none other than 
Derek Halpern from socialtriggers.com. And you know, when it comes to combining marketing and psychology, Derek is the master. And he's also quite the mediapreneur himself with a top podcast on iTunes, which came out flying, calling called Social Triggers Insider, and also Social Triggers TV, which is lighting up YouTube like a Christmas tree. And Derek's going to be doing a session titled Social Triggers, the, the five psychological buttons that entice people to share your content with their friends, family, and colleagues. And it's interesting because he teaches stuff that's very, very atypical. It's not going to be seen anywhere else. It's exclusive content. You can hear from Derek, 12 other speakers besides Derek. Hard to believe that. At the Talk to the Top, tickets are over now, I think, 65% sold out for the event. Head over to the Talk to the Top. Dot com. Get your virtual butt in your virtual seat and make sure you get to the talk to the top. And also, I, you know, I, I, a lot of people come to me and they say, hey, David, you know, you're expert. I want to know how you blank with the rise to the top, you know, doing the show. Like, how do you shoot side by side Skype interviews? How do you, you know, get guests? How do I do my own interview based web show? And, and I, I have to share with you guys if you haven't signed up already, uh, I'm not sure how much longer I'm going to leave this one up, but head over to createawesomeinterviews.com. And if you want to do a web-based show like this one, a web-based interview show, grab the free three-part video series just by entering your email over there. So it's going to help you get off to the races. You're going to learn a lot of different things, including the technology. It's been downloaded, this series, over 20,000 times in 2012. So make sure to check that out, createawesomeinterviews.com, if you're interested in creating your own interview-based Web show. Okay, well, that's enough fumbling over my words here for the introduction for the Rise to the Top. That's a new one. Uh, and now here is the conversation. Time to make time our bitch with Rachel Cook. Enjoy. All right, my friends. I hope you recognize today's amazing face that is joining. Not me. I'm not the amazing face. I'm the face you want to avoid. The face I'm talking about is Rachel Cook back for her second time on the Rise to the Top. How's it feel to be a second timer? It's awesome. Thank you so much for having me back. I had such a great time in our first interview, and I'm just really honored that you invited me back for round two. Well, you know, only the best get to come back. That's, that's how we roll, you know, Rachel. So, so first of all, you know, I thought this would be a cool topic, and what we're really talking about today, and I love this. This is, this, don't, don't yell the messenger if you guys like this title, but it's Making Time Your Bitch, which I love this title, because, you know, we were just talking right before we started recording, is that this is a problem that I see with what I call mediapreneurs, you know, people that are doing shows and people that are, you know, creating online videos and, and show hosts and stuff like that. It's hard to make time to do stuff. Like, you know, it's like hard. Like, you get distracted, you end up focusing on the wrong things. Like, you know, ha have you faced that? Like, why, why is this such an important topic, do you think? So, one of the things this is really important for me is it's there's so much to distract you when you're an entrepreneur and especially if you're like you and I, you work from your home. Right. And if you happen to have, let's say a spouse, a significant other children, things that require your attention, it becomes really easy to back burner everything. And suddenly you feel like your business isn't going where you want it to go. So that's why I've started talking about mm. these things because I've made a real commitment to only working 20 or 25 hours a week so that I can spend more time with my family and the more I've talked about it, the more I've found people are really wanting to tap into how to get in the space where you can just be really, really productive and get a lot of great, useful content out into your community. Right. No, I totally understand. And let's, let's talk about your situation for a second. You've got, you've got a significant other. Yes. I'm <laughs> and, married. <laughs> and and we, got a, we, got a, we got a kid situation. What's the kid situation? So 
so I have two and a half year old twins and I'll have a third born in February. So things are a little crazy. <laughs> right. And I have a significant other, no kids yet. Right. But the thing is, and that already scares me among many things there, by the way, of saying, oh my God, I'm going to have a kid and going to be able to do nothing. Do you, know what I'm you know what I'm saying ever again? So it's good yeah. to hear that you have two and a half. So, so are the twins and, and et cetera. So let's talk about this for a second, because I would say I'd be, I would be fair to venture that most of our peeps here um, work from home. You know, they, they create their own little studios. That's what we do. And we kind of go that route. Um, you know, first of all, how do you, let's start off with, with some kind of advice that you've sort of learned. Like, how do you get into this productive mode? Is there a way that you get into it or you just have it on a calendar and be like, let's be productive at noon? Like, how does it work? So there's a few things that I do. So I actually have a music performance background. Okay. Growing up, I played piano and a lot of classical music. And when you're in that zone, you're used to sitting down and just going to practice for like six hours at a time, like in these little practice rooms. <laughs> so something that I've brought from that is that there's something that happens when your space is set up where all there is to do is work. Mm. So if I walked into a practice room and all there is is a chair and a music stand and whatever instrument I was practicing, it's kind of hard to get distracted, you know? Right. But if I would have... And of course, when I was in college, we didn't have these fancy phones and stuff like that to take in to, to distract you. But if you bring that stuff in your space, which I see all the time, so many of my clients I'm talking to and they're like, oh yeah, I'm working and here's my kids stuff over here and here's my a million other things. Your brain is not going to focus 100%. And mm -hmm. believe it or not, we are not meant to multitask. Like multitasking is the worst thing on the planet. So if you're sitting there with multiple computer screens with different things going on at the same time and you're texting people and you're trying to take phone calls, you're going to go insane. Like that's all that happens for me is I just start to feel really overwhelmed to the point where I don't even like hearing the phone ring. It just makes me nuts. So find a space. That's the first thing I always tell people is find a space and clear it off to where the only thing you can do when you sit down is work. If the only thing that's on that computer is work-related stuff or business-related stuff, the only thing in front of you is your business-related calendar. Get the kids' stuff out of there. <laughs> Get, you know, all the personal stuff, all the video games or whatever distracts you out of there. Suddenly, it helps you sit down and get focused a lot, a lot faster. So that's one of the first things that I mm. usually teach people. Um, especially yeah, a quick note on that. Sorry to interrupt. I'm just like sitting here like chirpy chirp. Um, is that, you know, I was definitely guilty of that in the past. I mean, I think most of us are of just having like where there's stuff everywhere and I could be doing 5,000 things and I got all this stuff. And I got to tell you something that was super helpful for me was to create this sort of studio space that you're seeing right now where the computer that I'm using, which is an iMac, the only thing I really use it for is to do episodes. Like I use it to record and I, and I use it to edit and I use it to put it up. And no email. I don't even have my email installed on this computer on purpose. You know, so I, I can't get distracted by it. However, the laptop over there, you know, that's more email and other stuff like that. And I try to, and I remember anytime, I think it's such a good tip about the environment because anytime that I start getting piles, stuff, like bills or, you know, whatever things here, that I, I just, I'm like, I'm, I have to do that stuff. You know what I mean? Or I have to go into the kitchen and like make food, like, like anything I can do to get away from it, except for, I guess, when you kind of center that space. So that's kind of the first exactly. thing is, is, is get that space ready for you. 
And I love how you said you created the studio space. I think this is really important because in my office at home, I have the lights and a microphone and all those things because for a long time I was making a weekly YouTube video that I oh, put okay. out cool. newsletter list. And if I didn't have those set up and basically have the stage set, then I wouldn't consistently sit down and do them. But when all you have to do is turn on the lights and sit down, it's a lot easier to get over that you know, hurdle of procrastination um, when you don't have to go through the setting up process every single time. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. That makes a lot of sense. Now let's talk about, there's some other ways to do this because I'm going to be very interested also to hear about sort of your philosophies on, you know, how you deal with like kids at home and things like that too because <laughs> that's going to be my future. I know it's going to be some people's future or reality right now. So, um, but you mentioned, is this the environment one or is this something different? I have a few notes here that you said that there's a way to trick your brain to sort of get into the zone and boost your productivity. Because, I mean, is that – because sometimes you're, like, feeling it, and sometimes you're just kind of like, darn it, even though you have the time blocked out, you know, and you're like, I just not, I'm not feeling it right now. So yeah. what, what can you do to sort of trick yourself? So this is something I hear from a lot of people. They're worried if they're not inspired, they can't sit down and write or create something. And there are some really great people out there who I love these um, books. One is by Twyla Tharp called The Creative Habit. Twyla Tharp is an amazing choreographer in New York. And her book is all about how she triggers her mind and her body to get in that space. And it all starts with these habits. It's For her, it starts the minute she gets in the cab to go to the gym. And then her body takes over, the mem muscle memory takes over. Mm. And it doesn't take very long before everything's flowing for her. And then Stephen Pressfield wrote another wow. great um, book with a very similar type of thing. He's a writer, and he wrote a book about how writers can get in the zone more. Former um, guest of the show. Former guest of the show, Stephen Pressfield, my friends. Yeah, he actually has two books on this. Um, Do the Work is the most recent one that yeah, I really and then, the, and then The War of Art. And then The War of Art. So those are like my top three if you're looking for something to really help you. And all of those books talk about the importance of kind of ritualizing um, some pieces of your day so that it kind of gets you ready. It's kind of like if you, and this is because I'm a mom, I have to use this. If you've ever had to go through a process to get your kids down to sleep, you know, you go through a very specific process that helps them get ready and they understand what's happening. So you brush their teeth and wash their face and read the book. And then when it's time to say prayers and go to sleep, it's not a huge transition. They know what's coming. So you kind of have to build these routines into your day. And it could be as simple as maybe when you're getting ready to sit down and it's your time to write or to create a podcast or whatever, you go get your bottle of water or you go get your tea and you sit down and maybe you journal freehand for a couple of minutes. Whatever it is that works, if you have like a two or three little tiny things. It doesn't even have to take longer than five minutes, but it kind of lets your brain take this break so that it can clear out all the, you know, day in, day out. I've got laundry to do. I've got to get the oil change in the car. It just gives you a chance for your brain to pause and then prepare to do the next thing that you have to do. Oh, that's really cool. Yeah. I'm trying to think of that because like something I do, for example, I do that sort of with fitness, you know, mm -hmm. in the morning, you know, I have a system on the days I go to the gym. It's like, you know, when I'm on, it's, it's, it's beautiful. You know, when I'm off, it's not so beautiful. But when, I, when I'm on, I mean, it's, it's waking up, breakfast, relax, you know, talk to my wife, watch TV for, you know, 20, 25 minutes maximum. You know what I mean? Get on my gym clothes, go to the gym. That's my system. You know what I mean? And I've noticed, though, 
also what's interesting is when I'm off my system, like something doesn't work or there's some kind of problem or like the refrigerator went out or something like that, I'm kind of screwed too. You know what I mean? Like I can't, it's hard to kind of get back into the system when, when the ritual doesn't quite work out. But that being said, the ritual totally gets me in the zone for that kind of stuff. It totally gets you in the zone. And because I'm in the whole mindfulness world, I mean, my whole brand is the yogipreneur. I really believe in the power of meditation or yoga or mm. breathing, just something to clear your mind. And I know a lot of athletes experience this just when they're taking that little bit of time to, I mean, Michael Jordan talks all the time about getting in the zone where he visualizes what's coming. And um, a lot of athletes do that kind of mental break preparing for what's coming next before they actually sit down to do the work or run off to do the work. Um, and it's incredibly powerful just because you, you really give yourself that little permission to me be mindful of what's coming next. Right. No, that makes, a, I mean, that makes a huge amount of sense. Now I want to talk also about, you know, it's one thing to kind of get in the zone and like, you're like, okay, I got to get my show done today. Like I'm going to, I'm going to do this. I'm going to, you know, whatever, get my zone, get my environment, get it right. But you talk about some of the other tips here. One is to focus on actually cutting your workload and still getting results. Uh, so is this like the old 80-20 rule or like what, what are we talking about here? It's totally the 80-20 rule and anybody who's been in the business entrepreneurial world, I know we talk about the 80-20 rule all the time. But I see this happen a lot is that we don't know where our time goes. Mm -hmm. um, and this is something that I tend to fall, everybody falls in this trap. And what happens is we think we're working more than we actually are and we're spending less free time than we actually are. So it's kind of this weird inverse relationship. So what I've started to do is actually track where my time goes. Not all the time, but if I feel mm. like I'm not on my game or something's not quite right, I'll pull up a time tracking program. Toggle's a great one, T-O-G-G-L.com. And I think Freckle is another one. <laughs> Toggle you, and Freckle, yeah. yeah. You pull it up on your computer and they have iPhone apps and everything. Um, and you just time track what you're, what you're doing. And often you'll find that where you thought you were only spending 20 minutes a day on Facebook, if you look at it, it's, it's actually, actually six hours. It's actually six hours. Yeah. Or if you think, oh, I don't have any free time, then you sit down and realize, oh, I sat down from 7.30 last night till 11 o'clock watching TV. You know, that's a lot of time that you've spent on something that's not productive or even good for you. Right. <laughs> so it's, it's one of those things where if you start paying attention to where your time is spent, suddenly you'll realize that there's a lot of waste in there. And then you can get real honest with yourself about where you're going to invest your time because time is the only currency that you can't get back. Money you can earn back. You can lose all your money and make it over again. Time once it's gone, it's gone. So that's the one that I pay attention to the most. Yeah, it's funny because a couple, all right, by the way, I got another fitness analogy because I'm just full of them today for some God knows what reason. Maybe because I sprained my ankle and I can't do anything. So that's all I'm thinking <laughs> about. Um, is that, uh, you know, it reminds me of a food log for fitness. Um, so, for example, one of the biggest things that people do is they say, you know, I'm eating right, why aren't I losing weight? Okay. Yeah. Then you say, okay, well, why don't you write down every single thing you eat and when you eat it for, one day, one week, etc. And you start to realize that, oh my God, I did slip in the four cookies. And I, you, know, you did do that. And then you can make adjustments and keep it up. Like actually, I keep a food log. I've kept one for over a year, every single thing. 
and it reminds me sort of exactly what you're saying there is you start to realize things that you didn't even know like you know with Facebook and things like that I'm trying to think though if you were to tell someone like all right you need to like evaluate this right now would you say do it for like a week and like see where you're at or like what like you know what I'm saying like to like track it I would check it out for a week. I would try checking it for a week and try to remind yourself like every 15 to 20 minutes to check in and see what you're doing and what you're spending your time on. Um, the big thing is it only really works if you're going to be solidly committed to it for a week. Right. But when you do it and then you get a whole week's worth of information, suddenly you can see the holes. And as a mom, this is where when I'm working especially with my private clients, the ones who are saying, I don't have time to work out. I don't have time for my own yoga practice. I don't have time to go make healthy dinners for my family in addition to running my business. Suddenly they look at this whole week and it's like, oh, well, instead of, you know, these areas where you're wasting a lot of time, we can take that off your plate and free this up for the rest of your life. Yeah, yeah. And it's something I do sometimes. I don't know if you've ever tried this, Rachel, just kind of by accident. It's like occasionally I'll just have a, a time where, you know, let's say we're going on vacation or you got some other kind of issue and you ha just have minimal time to spend on your, so instead of having, even if it's like eight hours or whatever you're going to do, let's say on the extreme end, let's say you have like three uh, in a day. It's amazing how much you end up getting done in the three that I would have spread out to the eight guarantee you I would have spread out it to the eight and also checked Facebook 140 times and like, you know, wandered around and messed with the internet. But it's funny when we get busy or when you have something that's constraining, you know what I mean, which could be something good like you're going on vacation. It could be something bad like you're hurt or sick, you know what I mean? But something that makes you like only have to do a few hours a day, it's amazing what you get done. It's amazing. It is. Well, and that's why I've been able to work so few hours in the week and compare Terribly, you know, my business is doing as well as people who I know are working two or three times more a week than I am. Mm -hmm. And that's because if, if I've only given myself, and I usually only work from about um, 9 o'clock in the morning until 12.30 in the afternoon. So and that's, a, strong, a strong three and a half. Yeah, and that's pretty much it. And actually one of the ways that I set my entire schedule up, because there are things in everybody's business that you have to do, right? Like, if you're like for you, you know you're going to do interviews every week. You know right. you're, you know, reviewing tapes and editing every week. You know you're, you know, putting together your editorial calendar and all of that stuff. So there are things that you can just chunk into your calendar so that right. you know that Monday at 10, I'm going to lay out the interviews for the next month or whatever that is. And I've done that pretty much every month. I lay out the big things in my calendar that I know I have to do. I know I'm going to write my newsletter. I know I'm going to submit guest blog posts. I know I'm going to pitch myself for X number of things. And I kind of have these little check marks that I'm going to do. And I block them out because the minute I put it on the calendar, if I know I want to write two guest blog posts and put them out there, and I also put a couple hours in the calendar for that month, I don't have to stress about it. I know that when that time comes up, I'll just knock it out. It'll be done. And it always works for me. Oh, I mean, that, make, that makes a lot of sense. And do you, do you, um, you know, how a couple things though that I noticed that stress the heck out of people, right? Number one is the to-do list. Yeah. You know, and the to-do list is like, you know, mine, for example, will have business stuff and then also like go to the bank and, you know, pick up like new underwear, like what whatever it is. It's like this endless thing. And I've noticed that sometimes 
I, I'm really efficient with it, and I just like hammer through it. And other times, I think about it 24/7, and it drives me nuts. You know what I mean? So like, what what do you, like? How do you? Because you you don't like the to do list, do you? I actually don't keep a to do list anymore. Um, the majority of my thing, the things I keep my calendar where I block out times for the big things in my business. If there are one off that come things that come up, I'll usually like honestly my to do list becomes a sticky note on my computer monitor, and mm -hmm. I commit to getting it done within 24 hours. Mm -hmm. That's yeah. pretty much it. Yeah, but, I do. I um, do. Yeah, I got like those like little notes. Yeah. Yeah, I find that the the to do lists tend to get out of hand, and they tend to be a great procrastination tool, and Often I find a lot of entrepreneurs that I'm working with, they just come up with so much stuff to do and it's not necessary. It's kind of like um, Tim Ferriss wrote this book, The 4-Hour Body. I'm sure yeah, yeah, for sure. That. And he talks about the um, minimum effective dose. Mm -hmm. Like you go over this level of doing whatever activity you're doing up to this point, it's really productive, really effective. You're going to get the results you want. But if you go over it, then suddenly you're really just wasting your own time and energy. You're not going to get any better results. I think a lot of entrepreneurs do that in their business. They come up with all these tasks and things and projects that they want to do, but then they keep spinning off into more and more things, more and more to-do lists, more and more ideas, but they're not necessarily going to grow their business or make them more fulfilled, make them happier with what they're doing. Generally, they just become more draining. Mm -hmm. So I tend to operate in if, if I can't, if I have things that come up, I have to deal with it or delegate it within 24 hours. All right, so deal with and delegate in 24 hours. And do you do stuff like, do you, you know, and we mentioned this kind of before in the way that, as long as you mentioned Tim Ferriss, may as well mention him again, is that is he talks about in the four-hour work week, of course, and a very popular concept that I know I buy into big time is batching. Right. So yes. meaning like that, throwing stuff together. Like, so for example, today, when we do this, I actually have three interviews in a row. A little crazy. I don't know if I've done three in a long time, but three in a row because I looked at the schedule and I said, this just makes sense. And then I'm done for a little yeah. while. And then there's, you know, I try to take, for example, um, errands. Like, if I have errands that I have to run outside the house, I might push them to Friday. You know what I mean? And then just not have to worry about it. Like, I'll just throw it on my list for Friday and just say, I know I'll take care of all these things in one swoop. And I, I, I for some reason, I noticed that that, that just um, works, you know? It totally works. And I do it with a lot of things. I do it. I have client days when I see my one-on-one -on -one okay. clients. I'll see them all back to back. And it's great because then I get in, you know, kind of this great flow with everything and it just feels easy to me and the time goes by really fast. I also do it with writing my newsletters, writing blog posts. Like I'll sit down for three or four hours and write the whole month's worth. Mm -hmm. And that way it's one less thing to worry about. Mm -hmm. um, and it it, it's amazing because something happens when you get in that state of flow where things just start to come easier. It's like once you've been doing it for, I don't know, 20 minutes or so, you get in this zone and then you look up and you realize, oh my gosh, I've been doing this for three hours. I can't believe I'm already done with all of these. Whereas if you were to actually put those same newsletters throughout the month, instead of getting four done in three hours, it might actually take you five and a half hours to get the same newsletters done. There's a lot to be said about batching and flow, getting into the flow of things. That's really important. Yeah, and I've noticed that a lot of people that are very effective in, you know, especially like the mediapreneur space and doing things like that, or, you know, like yourself, that would be more in the, you know, internet business space is having different tasks for different days seems to be like yeah. a huge win. Um, and it's also a little less treadmilly if you do it that way, um, you know, as opposed to doing like, oh, every day I meet with a client or every day I create a show. 
every day I do that kind of stuff. I mean, I can tell you I was on the treadmill of show death a few years ago of doing it every single day. And while I learned a lot, and I don't necessarily recommend against that, like if you want to go every day, awesome. But you start to – there's definitely going to be a burnout factor. It might be on episode 10. It might be on 100. It might be on 1,000. But there's going to be a burnout factor of doing the same thing like that you know, over and over again and not having time to do other stuff, you know? Yeah, I think anything that's a regular, consistent part of your business or your marketing, if you can batch those things, if you know they're going out every week, batch them to be once a month, oh my gosh, it makes your life so much easier. It makes your scheduling so much easier. Your assistant will thank you for it when they know that you only see clients on Tuesdays from you know, this time to this time. Great point. And actually, we're going to talk schedule because I want to hear about your tip for organizing your schedule. But something that I did um, that I wanted to share was that worked very well is that I come up with uh, rules and I put those in quote because I break them and I also I try not to but I do break them and change them but uh, Linda will attest to this my assistant was that what I'll do is I'll say okay here's times for certain things on a weekly basis interviews this time block to this time block I'll do up to three okay uh, being interviewed or having to write guest posts or whatever that might be thing like like media commitments this time on a different day. Um, you know, send me an email update with requests on this day and this day. You know what I mean? And I'll reply on this day and that day. And just having those little systems, I take a little bit to figure it out. You know what I mean? It's not like it's going to totally. be an overnight thing. It takes a little bit of time. But I can tell you the stress level, I mean, it's unbelievable how much that stuff changes. And it's just like, oh, I can't fit it in. I already had my three interviews this week. Do it another week. You know, as opposed to in the past when you don't have rules, you just try to jam everything in and then do it as ne the next day or whenever you can. You start going out of control. And that's one of those things you find as your business grows, um, you know, because when you're first getting started, you probably don't have as many rules because you no, don't have chaos. It's chaos. coming in or yeah. going out or whatever. Um, but like recently, I had to commit to only one day a week responding to all the emails coming in that weren't client emails. If they're ones that I, my assistants can't answer because otherwise I was answering emails like for an hour every day. And yeah, that know. is it sucks. exhausting to me. So I just commit to like one day a week, one afternoon a week. Usually it's Monday afternoons for me. I'll sit down for a couple hours and answer anything that my assistants forwarded to me that they couldn't answer for me. Mm -hmm. um, but that just saves so much energy. And again, it's part of this whole energy conservation thing for me. It's just avoiding getting stressed out or overwhelmed from the constant influx of requests or whatever coming in. Yeah, and that, and that you know, and I think the requests that you mentioned, that's what happens when you're in this media space. Like if you're out there and you're a brand online and you're out there and your name's out there and it's, it's a risk-reward situation. Like I love it and I hate it. Do you know what I mean? Like I love it more, but it's like, you know, when I started 2008, 2009, I get, you know, one to two emails from like a, a fan or, or something like that. Then you get more and more and more. And as much as I want to answer them all, nothing would get done in the business. No shows would get shot. No products would be created. No, no, and nothing would get done. And so I've kind of, you know, had that system now too. It's not as probably as good as yours, meaning like that you can sit down in one afternoon. I can promise you that. But, you know, I kind of have my little method. I'll get there. I, I say, okay, I'm blocking out a little email time. I turn on the Rocky soundtrack. I get my huge ass cup of coffee and I just go. Like, and I'm like, go. My wife walks in. I'm like, shh. You know, it's email, it's, it's email time. Like right now, I just got to do it. You know what I mean? And then I turn it off. And I think that's, that's a hard thing is that, you know, email is that treadmill that is very, very difficult to control no matter what business you're on, you know? 
It is. And this is something that, you know, you and I have both mentioned that we have assistants. And I think a lot of entrepreneurs start without having an assistant or a VA or yeah, whatever. Yeah, I mean, I would say, yeah, I mean, I did. And yeah. I found that even if you find somebody who can be that filter for you, oh my God, they will, you will not have to pay them much at all, but they will save you from yourself and the email like insanity that will still ensue. If you just have one person in charge of your incoming emails of, you know, whatever's on your website, if they're in charge of answering those or at least filtering through them, they will save you a lot, a lot of headache. <laughs> yeah, I would have done it two out, two years earlier than I did if I would have known more about it and then once I got into the system. So, I mean, I, t I totally agree with that. Now, Rich, I want to talk about a couple little more subjects here. We're going we're gonna to jam them in quickly. Um, is that is, uh, you mentioned that you have a tool. Maybe we went over it. No, I don't think we did. The ultimate tool. The Not a tool. The ultimate, ultimate. tool. The ultimate tool of the Lord. <laughs> to organize your schedule. And you said that, that this uh, frees up 15 to 20 hours a week. What, what are we talking here? It easily does. So I just call this my model calendar, but there's a, there's a couple different levels to this. So I'm kind of old school when it comes to my calendar. I know a lot of people are into the digital calendars, which I love for communicating with my team and making sure that they can schedule me correctly. So any scheduling as far as working with clients or anything that my assistants need to see, that's I'm using Google Calendar. Okay, got it. But I actually in my office have a twelve year or twelve year, a twelve month calendar that I can write on. Like old school style with like bikini like, models on it or something. Yeah, but like probably old not. School, like I tore all the pages off a desk calendar and it takes up a whole wall. And then I can lay out my entire year and always be looking at it. So something that I've found that a lot of I think entrepreneurs we get caught up in idea mode instead of implementation mode. Mm -hmm. Idea mode is really easy for entrepreneurs. Yeah. We tend oh. to be idea people. Yeah. The, the implementation part tends to be what gets away from us. And so then what happens is we'll have a gazillion ideas for what to do this year or this month or this week. And then when we look at what we actually accomplished and where we've gotten, you realize, oh, well, I, you know, nine out of 10 of these didn't happen. And it's usually because you took on way too many ideas and didn't build in the implementation time. So I always have a full year in front of me where I can see the major things that I'm working on, whether they're programs I'm creating, programs I'm filling up, or when I'll be accepting clients, whatever those big things are, those big kind of markers in your business. If I'm sure for you, you have a certain number of interviews you're doing every month or different kind of cycles of, of activity that you're going through. Yeah, and also a huge secret project that I can't talk about yet, and that that is going to be. But a, the huge secret project is something that has like you know deadlines and things, and you know all that kind of stuff. And it's and it's something that's months, a few months out. You know what I mean? So you have there has to be there. There's organization that's critical with that. Yeah. So I'm always keeping a full year out because especially if you have a big project like your secret project, it could be anything. For a lot of people, it could be just um, putting a a program together or putting together, I don't know, a, writing a book or something like that. Right. Um, there's just huge benchmarks that you need to hit if you're going to stay on task for it. So I keep all of those out in front of me and then I'm constantly checking against it. So mm -hmm. when I sit down every week on Monday mornings, I sit down and I look at my calendar for the week and I have my hourly calendar because I said I work from 9 to about 1230 and I plug in what's going in all of those spots during the week. And then I check against my big 12-month calendar. 
do all of these things feed into these bigger projects that I have? And if there's something on my weekly calendar that really doesn't fit into my big vision for this year, then it's probably a distraction and it's probably something that just got thrown my way and sounded cool and it's a neat idea, but it's not necessarily what's going to get me to where I want to go. It's a shiny red ball. Yeah. And I mean, entrepreneurs and shiny object syndrome is, it's like rampant in the entrepreneurial world. So I'm always checking against that because I find that for a lot of the people I'm working with, by the time they get to me, they've got so many shiny objects that they're trying to manage. The first thing I have to do is start pulling the shiny objects away. <laughs> right, right. And, and, and I think a trick that I, I kind of uh, has worked for me is I sort of try to what I would call projectize everything. So yeah. I like to look at everything as a project with a beginning, middle, and end, and deadlines and dates and things to get done. And when I do that, it gets done. And when I don't, then it becomes like what I said, that sort of treadmill of death. Where you just get, so, and that could be even with an editorial, uh, if you're doing a show, is you know, planning out your next five shows or the next two months of shows and saying, I want to cover these topics and then you know, da-da-da-da-da. Um, you know, just taking it that way as opposed to saying, you know, it's just a never-ending thing. It's, you know, I just keep going and going. It just doesn't work that well, you know? Yeah, and I think for a lot of people doing things around the media space, like let's say you're going to have a big live stream event. These tend to be really popular right now, but they're a whole lot more work to put on than most people realize. Right. You know, if you set the date for that and then start reverse engineering, looking at this calendar, when certain things have to be done in order for that event to be a success, it makes it a lot easier each week, each day to make sure that you're on top of it instead of like two weeks before going, holy shit. I'm not ready for this at all and being in freak out mode. That's the worst is if you have a big project that sounded awesome and you were really amped about it and then you get down to it, to the wire and then you realize it's not going to fly. Right. Exactly. Right. You know, you gotta, you gotta plan it out my friends. And you know, especially if you're like, you know, you have the type A personality that, you know, wants to do a lot of things and, and likes to fly by a seat of your pants. I'm telling you, you gotta, you, you gotta slow it down a little bit sometimes too. So Rachel, I want to finish on two quick things. We gotta, we gotta plug, we have a shameless plug for something as well, but I want to know very quickly, what is your number one secret weapon for getting shit done? Getting enough sleep. Really? Sure. That's your secret weapon. That is my secret weapon, and this is part, I'm a mom of two-and-a-half-year-old twins, so getting enough sleep for the last two-and-a-half years has been interesting. Um, but I think a lot of entrepreneurs stop taking care of themselves in a lot of ways. So they stop, they start burning, you know, the midnight oil or whatever, staying up all night, and your body needs to be taken care of. So it means rest, it means meditation or yoga or whatever your mindful, mindfulness, mind-clearing practices working out, getting exercise, all of those things are essential to being, you know, on your game when you're working. Yeah. I got to tell you, I, I get seven, eight hours a night of sleep, period. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I don't have two and a half year old twins, but that being said, I, you know, you really, it ju just as everything else is a conscious decision, whether it's to create yeah. a show or go to the gym or do stuff like that, the sleep thing is, I mean, it can get away from you if you don't, if you're not careful and then you, and then you play catch up the whole day. Well, and they've shown that you can't. So that's why I say it's my biggest one. If, if I consistently go to bed by 10 o'clock and then I'm up when my kids are up at 6, I'm good. If I miss that, I'm in trouble.
horrible. <laughs> so I got un understood. Thing. Understood. Say no more. I like that. That was a great tip. So, Rachel, I want to pre I, uh, thank you for coming back on. You know, yeah. I think this was a really fun conversation. Like last time we heard all about your business and kind of how you built it and got into kind of the internet marketing side of it and all this kind of jazz. And it's great to kind of talk about a subject that I think, you know, I, I think I know that this is a big issue with a lot of people and we don't often talk about it. It's like one of those things where it's like, you always assume everyone else has their stuff together, but you don't, and you're confused. And you don't really know what you're doing. So it's always great to hear what systems other people have. Um, I want to make sure we do a shameless plug here on the way out, and that is the Yogipreneur's Guide to Conscious Business Design. Uh, so what is, what, what's that all about? And I have a link as well I'll kick out to people, to peeps. Sure. So the, the Yogipreneur's Guide to Conscious Business Design is my flagship program that I created after working with hundreds of yoga and holistic entrepreneurs to really help them stop stressing out about the business side of things and instead start focusing on their own natural areas of, you know, their strengths and their gifts, building a community of people that they love to work with so that they love every minute of being out there and working with people and just setting your business up so that you can enjoy the other areas of your life. Because even though we're entrepreneurs and it be can become this obsession, we all still have families and hobbies outside of our business that we want to spend time right. on. So the Conscious Business Design Program is something I created to help people really consciously choose how they're going to put their business together so that it can support their whole life. Ah, very cool. And so I'm going to give the link out for that. That's going to be linked up in the show notes as well. It'll be consciousbusinessdesign.theyogipreneur.com. But if you, do, if you feel like you didn't memorize that, we will have it linked up in the show notes. Rachel, it's been a blast as always. And thank you for uh, you know I, I, digging in and taking away about 40 minutes of your three and a half hour workday. So <laughs> I, I appreciate you uh, taking that percentage for Rise Nation coming in and helping us all out. So thanks as always. For sure. Thank you so much for having me again. And that's it. I hope you enjoy the conversation with Rachel. Make sure to check out her Conscious Business Design course. We're going to link that up below. The Yogipreneur's Guide, the Conscious Business Design. We really appreciate, as always, our guest on the Rise to the Top. Make sure to leave a comment. Leave some love below. Tell Rachel what you thought. Tell Tell us your best productivity tips on therisetop.com. Make sure to sign up for the VIP list at therisetop.com slash VIP. I always go to my VIPs first. And besides getting episodes like this, you also get the brand new DSG TV episodes, which are like three to five minute tip-based videos for mediapreneurs like you. You're also gonna get those in your email. So go to therisetop.com slash VIP. Make sure you are on the list so you can get DSG TV as well. Once again, grab that free trial at go to my PC. Head over to go to mypc.com, click the try it free button. You're going to say, Oh, I get a 30 day free trial. That's pretty darn cool. Nope. Then you're going to click the end of the promo code, enter the promo code rise, and 30 days magically, magically becomes 45 days for go to my PC. Thanks to them. So check that out. You can work from anywhere, access your home files from a Mac, PC, iPad, iPhone, i, whatever, anytime. Go to my PC. Com. I will see you at the Talk to the Top, which you can check out at thetalktotop.com. <sighs> I'm out of breath. I will see you next time. I'm David Seitman Garland. And remember, if you want some fluff, you know what to do. Go pet a bunny.